Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. This is Season 3, Episode number 11. And today I'm going to be discussing having skills versus playing skillfully. I was actually reading a blog or an article online a couple of days ago. And um, within that article, it mentioned having skills versus playing skillfully. And and that kind of stuck out to me. And I said, man, you know, that would be an interesting topic to talk about on the show, on the podcast. So I wrote it down and I got to thinking about it and I I wrote out some some notes. And so we're going to talk about that today on the on the podcast um, on today's show. And so before we get into that, I want to talk about a couple of things really quick. Um, First thing, I hope you really enjoyed the, the past two episodes with the interviews from some other coaches I have. Like I said, I have probably 22, 23 episodes that I've recorded uh, years ago that you can still find on my website. If you go to nbnbball.com and if you click on uh, the skill development playbook tab that's up at the top um, and then you can go to my to my podcast tab that's underneath that and you can go through there and you can see all those. But some of those I will be re-releasing I think it's good to go back and listen to some of those episodes because, you know, they share some really good, valuable information. So, um, you know, a couple of, of the of the coaches that I've interviewed, like Chris Oliver, Dave Love, Mark Adams. Um, um, so it's, it's a number of uh, uh, Cody Topper, who's who's coaching in, in the G League. Um, so it's it's a lot of some really good coaches and skill development trainers that I've interviewed, and they have different insight on what they do and their philosophies and different things. So I'll be re-releasing those from time to time to kind of mix it up a little bit so you don't have to necessarily just hear me talk all the time. And also, if there's a particular coach that you would like for me to interview, um, be sure to reach out to me on social media, or you can send me an email at coachtjnbnbball.com. And I can reach out to that coach and see if I can get them on the show. Um, I've actually had a couple people reach out to me about being on the show. Um, and we'll see uh, what we can do. I kind of have the the episodes, you know, except for today, I kind of have the episodes uh, laid out of, of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to talk about. But, um, you know, things can be changed. I can make adjustments. So if there's a particular coach that wants to uh, be interviewed and come on and, and, and discuss some skill development, or if you know of a coach that, that you would like to hear on the show, be sure to reach out to me and let me know and we can see if we can make it happen. Okay, uh, the second thing is, uh, I've been mentioning this, I, I will be having a book released called A Skill Development Playbook. Um, it will be all on skill development, of course, and, and it'll give you some good information. Um, right now, I have uh, the book being submitted to the editor, um, and I, I got to wait to get that back and, and look at it and make some revisions and changes and then submit it back to, to the editor. But it is coming. I'm excited about it. There's also going to be some other things that go along with that book. So I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, the, to stay up to date on that, be sure to follow me on social media and uh, I will be letting you know when that book is released. Okay. So today's show, 
having skills versus playing skillfully. Now, this is a really good topic. This is something to really discuss because, you know, when you think about it, we have players that perform really well in practice. We have players that perform really well in skill sessions, but it don't necessarily carry over into the uh, the game. And so when we're looking at this, we got to try to figure out a way, well, how can I help this player, you know, go from being a really good in practice to where they're really performing well in the game? So I actually have seven tips that I am going to share with you that I feel that would help a player go from just having skills to being able to perform skillfully. Now, when I was when I was taking my notes, um, I was looking at this from two different perspectives. Um, you can look at it from the perspective of the player not really having the skills to perform skillfully. You know, I, I hope that makes sense. Meaning, um, you know, they're struggling with 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 what's going on or being able to gain those techniques and those skills to be able to perform in the game. And then you have those players that have the skills, but they're just not able to perform in a game. You know, so, um, but these are just some tips. You can look at however you want, but these are just seven tips that I think that will help players be able to perform uh, skillfully in the in the game. And, it, and I'm not talking about, you know, trying to make them superstars or anything like that, but within their role, within their uh, ability, being able to perform skillfully. Okay, so number one, uh, the first thing is proper preparation, proper preparation. And I think and, and proper preparation has to do with what you're doing in, the, in practice. Uh, what are you doing in your skill sessions? Are you actually preparing yourself um, to be able to perform in a game? And there's a number of different ways to do that, and I, and I won't really, you know, go into that. But you got to prepare yourself. You got to prepare yourself mentally and physically uh, to be able to perform skillfully in the game. And players sometimes think that they can just go into the gym and just kind of do anything. Uh, but you have, but you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan of what is it that you're wanting to accomplish, what it is that you're wanting to do and be able to execute that to the best of your ability and have that coincide or, or that work with being able to prepare you to perform at a high level in a game situation. So, number one, the player's got to be able to uh, have prop, proper preparation. Number two in uh, seven ways uh, to be able to play skillfully, you want to use a game's approach. You want to use a game's approach. Now, I'm a big believer in you You can have too much of one thing. No matter how good it is for you, you can have a you can have too much of one thing. So a game's approach is you are hearing a lot of different coaches talk about that. Um, and they're considering that more of a, a, a typical way to help a player improve versus the block isolation type training. And when I say the block or isolation type training, what I mean by that is uh, where a player may just do stationary ball handling for 10, 15 minutes. Or they may go through cones and just dribble through cones for 10 to 15 minutes, uh, spot shooting or block shooting for 10 to 15 minutes, or however long you want to do it. 
Whereas a games approach would be, um, you may do, you know, a dribble tag, which is more of like a game, um, but but the players are applying different skills that that they will have to be able to. Uh, they're applying different skills within that game. Um, it could be a one-on-one game. It could be two-on-two, three-on-three. Um, so it's it's a game's approach is giving the giving the players an opportunity to explore what they got going on. They're able to go out there and try to problem solve on their own, and then the coach can look at that and then come back and break down skills in an isolation type situation if they wanted to. Um, but I always feel that you don't want to have too much games approach and you don't want to have too much of isolation. You got to have a mixture of both. And I know this is kind of getting off topic just a little bit, or this is going a little more in depth, but you sometimes may uh, have a games approach and the players are struggling. And then all of a sudden you want them to go into isolation to where you really break down that skill teach them those techniques and those and those fundamentals. And then you may want to go back to the game's approach. Or you may have those players and you're breaking them down to where they're, they're working on those skills in isolation. And then you put them in the game's approach. But I think you got to find a mixture of both. And it's going to depend on the players. It's what it basically is going to depend on. It's not totally on what your philosophy is. It's not just one way or the other. I think you have to really evaluate your players and what they're doing and, and how they're able to perform and if they're able to pick up the skill real quick and their experience and say, okay, with this group, I can go right into a games approach. We're going to do a games approach. Ah, they're struggling. I need to go to some isolation and really work on boosting their skills that way or vice versa. So uh, number two, you want to have a games approach. So number three, you have to understand it's a process. You're not, I'm not going to say you're not, but typically it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for a player to go from learning a new skill into being able to perform that skill in a game at a high level. Okay. So here's what I mean. I tell players when we're working on shooting, their shooting typically goes into three stages. So if I'm working with a player in a one-on-one environment, and we're talking about improving their follow-through or their technique or their form or whatever it is about their shot, then I tell them the first place that you're going to see improvement is in a one-on-one setting with me. It's a controlled environment. I give you immediate feedback. I can tell you what you did wrong. I can tell you what you did right. I can tell you what you need to continue to do. I can tell you what you don't need to do. You get that instant, quick feedback, real time, right then, right there. And so if you make a mistake, I can tell you, nope, that's not what you need to do. You need to do it this way. Or yes, that's what I want you to do. Keep doing that. And so you're able to see improvement a little bit quicker. Okay. It's a process, but you're going to see it a little bit quicker in that environment. Once you start getting to a point to where you can see that improvement there, then what happens is it goes to what to the second stage. And that second stage is in uh, your practice settings. And your practice settings were like your team. Uh, so if you're in high school and you play on a varsity team, you have a you hire a skills coach. That skill coach will, will show you what you need to improve. They give you instant feedback. But when you get with your school team, you may not get that instant feedback from your coaches. 
And so you may go back to your bad habits. Well, then once you show some improvement, you will start you, that that skill or that new technique will start carrying over into that team practice. You know, and and, and it's not saying that it's going to be perfect every time, but you can kind of start telling when you're doing certain things and when you're not. But that last stage is going to be in competition. So when you get to that last stage of competition, you can pretty much know, okay, I've been working on this on my shot. I've been working on uh, whatever skill it is, and now I'm able to really do it in a game to where I don't have to think about it. Or if I make a mistake, I can remind myself and I can correct that mistake or make the improvement or the enhancements that I need to make. So you have to understand it's a process. So if you're performing a skill in a game, I'm sorry, in practice, and you're still struggling with, with playing at a, at a particular level or skillfully in a, in a game, that could be why. It could be about you not going through that process just yet and understanding that, okay, it's going to take some time. It is a process. But eventually, I'm going to go from point A to point B to point C and, and so on. So you have to understand that, that it's a process. So again, we're talking about this, the uh, seven tips of uh, playing skillfully in a game versus just having your skills. Number one was proper preparation. Number two is use a game's approach. Uh, number three is understanding it's a process. And number four is improve your mindset for competition. Improve your mindset for competition. Um, you have to think about, coaches, when we're working with players, how they're approaching practice, how they're approaching their skill sessions. If a player is is training by himself, um, you know, how they're approaching it. Are they taking it serious? Um, and and don't get me wrong, I, I take it serious. I want my players to understand that this is serious. Your 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 parents or even your mom or your dad, your your uncle, your auntie, your friend, your coach, your mentor, or somebody is making an investment in you. Um and so you need to take it serious. But at the same time, you know, you want to be able to have fun, but you don't want to be goofy. I think there's a difference between the two. And you have to be able to draw the line, understanding what's fun and what's goofy and immature. So we have to be able to make sure that the players take the game serious, but keep it fun at the same time. Um, they have to be focused on trying to achieve their goals every time they step on the court. OK, every time they step on the court to try to get better, you know, they got to remain focused to try to achieve their goals. And what happens is that focus will carry over from the practice onto the game, onto the game uh, floor, into competition. So they got to try to make sure that that they are focused, that they're having fun, that they're taking it serious. But they're training their mindset to know, OK, when I come into this gym, when I step onto this court, I got to have a different way of thinking. I got to view things a little bit different. Um, I got to be able to block everything out that's that's going on outside of basketball. But coming here with a focus, coming here with a particular mindset to be able to get accomplished what it is that I need to get accomplished. All right. Number five, pay attention to details when training. This to me is one thing that I, I always like to hang my hat on because I feel like this is something that I do really well is pay attention to details. You know, there's so much, 
So much, so much improvement can be made in the smallest of details. And when you are working on your game, you have to really be detailed oriented. Now, I don't I don't think that coaches or trainers should should nitpick. Every time a player does something, if a player shoots, because I, I, I think if 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 we slow down film on every player that shot every shot, you're, they're not going to have a perfect shot. Um, you know, they're going to be a little off balance, or they may not follow through all the way, or, you know, um, the ball may be on their palm, which, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that's that's a topic for another <laughs> for another show. Um, you know, they might have been leaning back or they might have been fading away. So I don't think any player shoots a perfect shot every time they shoot the ball. So um, but we gotta pay attention to the details. Are we making sure that they're pound drilling the ball? We're making sure that they're doing the little things that's gonna help them. Uh, enhance their skills and create good habits. So we got to pay attention to details when training. So sometimes what happens is players get put in autopilot. So here's what I mean. I, I like for players to not get caught into a routine of going through the motions. So, you know, uh, it could be a drill where they're just catching and shooting. Then, you know, to me, they can put it on autopilot and not pay attention to the details because they're doing the same thing over and over again. I'm a, you know, they throw it to him. I'm a step, catch, shot, step into a catch, shot, step into a catch, shot. And so I like for I like to mix it up to make sure that they're engaged and that 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 they are paying attention to the details that that is needed uh, to improve whatever skills it, whatever skill it is that they need to improve. So we got to pay attention to the details. Number six, use film to find areas of your game to improve. Use film to find areas of your game to improve. So if you feel like you have the skills to perform at a certain level and it's not being carried over to the game or you're struggling within the game, then you need to look at film. Film is your best friend, no matter what your coach think, no matter what your parents think. No matter what you think, when you look at film, it's going to tell you the truth because you will see what it is that you are or are not doing and what you need to improve on areas that you're playing, areas of your game that is a strength, areas of your game that's a weakness. So you have to look at film. Film um, is is a wonderful, wonderful asset uh, for you to be able to look at. So as a coach and, and if you're a parent. Or, and there are some great resources out there for, for parents and coaches to have to be able to record games and upload them to the cloud and different services. But if you're a parent and you're going to watch film with your, with your son or daughter, there is an art to that. There is a particular way to do it. Um, and you want to typically keep it to about 20 minutes, no more than 30 minutes. You don't want to sit there and watch film for an hour, hour 15 Um and just really just ripping into a player about what they're not doing. So you want to watch film for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, and it'd be good if you can cut it up into different clips. But I know not everybody has time to do that or the ability or the ability to do it. So 
you'll want to be able to, um, you know, try to keep it about 20, 30. I mean, there are different things that you can do if you don't have, you know, a software to be able to cut it up. But I won't get into that today. That's that's a whole nother topic in itself. But you got to use film. And here's another great thing that you can do. You can actually get you a get you a phone or a tablet and set up a tripod like at half court where you can where you can film the whole court that that half of the court or the goal that you're using and film your training sessions. So you can go back and look at how you are practicing. I think that's really good for players too because some players like to go through the motion and practice and then think they can flip a switch and turn it on in the game and that's not that's not always true. Um, but you can kind of see what areas you need to improve on. You can see, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I see what I see what my dad or my coach was saying when I'm going and I'm dribbling to the left while I'm missing my shot or when I dribble to the right while I'm missing my shot or how I'm floating or I'm not jumping. I'm not high jumping on my finishes. I'm long jumping. So it's those type of things that you could be able to do. So uh, use film. Film is a is your best friend. It's a great asset, and it can really show you areas of your game that you need to improve. So again, real quick, we're having the discussion on having skills versus playing skillfully, and I have seven tips I've sh- I'm sharing with you. I've given you six. I'm going to go through those six one more time. Number one is proper preparation. Number two is use a games approach. Number three, understand it's a process. Number four, improve your mindset for competition. Number five, pay attention to details when training. Number six, use film to find areas of your game to improve. And number seven, learn to relax. Let the game come to you. Learn to relax. Listen, when you're in a game, you don't want to rush or you don't want to uh, try to force anything. You just want to play within your means, play within your ability, play within your talent, play within the expectations that the coach have for you, and just let the game come to you. Okay, let the game come to you. One thing that I tell players all the time is, you know, you don't have to, when you get the ball, automatically try to make something happen. If, if, if you have... Um, the, the basketball has a has a funny way of finding you. You don't have to find it. If you keep moving, it will come to you. You will get opportunities. Um, but you don't want to force anything. You don't want to you don't want to be too amped up and you get out there and you're forcing up shots, uh, trying to do things that that's outside of your ability. <clears throat> Excuse me. You want to play within yourself. You want to play within yourself. If you know, if you are a great shooter and the coach has you out there to shoot, then when you are open, if you are within the floor of the offense, if you are um, within your within your your range, you need to shoot it without thinking, letting go. Um, but you don't need to get the ball and come down and try to make four or five dribble moves if that's not if that's not your game, um, and then trying to take some off balance shot. So. You know, you, you got to make sure that you're, you're relaxed, that you're playing within yourself, playing within your means, you're playing within the offense. Uh, you are playing with the trust that, the, that your teammates have for you, and you're playing within, within the boundaries that the coach has for you. And, um, you know, and I think when you do that and you, you relax some, 
that will help you. Now, off the court, you got to be able to relax too. So uh, I, I used to have a routine. When I was in college, I played at a Division II school. Um, our games, you know, with the men, we always played after the women. So if we had an afternoon game, we would sometimes, I think our games were at two and four. And so um, on Saturdays, our games would be at two and four. So the coach would always tell us to be in, be at the arena um, typically by like 2.30 or maybe he might even told us 2 o'clock. He wanted us there and we needed to go to the locker room during halftime, so about 3. And when I first got there, that's what I did. I would get to the game. I, I would sit up in the stands and just from me personally, from with me sitting up in the stands and watching the games, I would get nervous. I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and watch the girls play. I just, it's just something about that. I couldn't do it. So I develop a routine where uh, a few hours before the game, I would eat. I go back to my, to my dorm room. I would take me a little nap. Um, I would get up, I would put on, you know, just, a. uh, pair of basketball shorts and a t-shirt. I would walk over to the dorm. I would walk from the dorm over to the arena. Once I got to the arena, uh, I'd, you know, look up, see what the score was in the game. And then I would go downstairs into the into the locker room. Now, when we did this, we um, we were supposed to be there at 2. And I'm not telling anybody to, to not listen to their coach, but I never got there at 2 o'clock. I always got there about 2.30, 2.40. And I would go into the locker room and I would stay in the locker room until it was time uh, for us to play. Um, I would listen out, you know, this is 98, 99. So we had CD players, but we couldn't really take them out on the court because we didn't have no place to put them. It's not like today where you can have, you know, Bluetooth and and different things like that. But um, I didn't listen to music. I just, I kind of wanted to relax. Uh, I wanted to be brown, be by myself. Uh, I would put on my basketball, my my game shorts, and uh, but I wouldn't put on my jersey until it was time really to to go out there and, and for us to officially warm up. So we would I, we would go out there and we shoot around, and then I I go back in, and then I would uh, put on my jersey and then go out there and you know. And we finish our warm up and, and get ready to play. But I did things that helped me relax. So as a player, you gotta find ways that help you relax. Um and it could be a number of different things. You might wanna find you a, a a corner and just get you some quiet time. You might wanna meditate. Um you might have a favorite meal, you know, so it's just you know, a lot of different things that you wanna do. You know, you may wanna exercise. You know, you may, you know, you know, I, you just need to do something to kind of relax you and get your mind off of things and just kind of get you even keel um, so you can be able to go out there and play skillfully. Um, so, you know, those are my seven tips that I have that will help players understand the difference between having skill and being able to play skillfully. And I will say this last thing. When, it talk, when I say have skills, 
Um, I'm talking about having the ability to perform a certain skill or technique. So, you know, I can have a player do 10 minutes of stationary ball handling, 10 minutes of dribbling through cones, uh, spot up shooting, uh, half court drives, making a dribble move at the top of the key and finishing at the rim, uh, catching the ball in triple threat and taking two dribbles and pulling up and shooting a jump shot. But none of those skills would, would actually translate over into a game unless I do some things to help them perform those skills in the game. Now, I'm enhancing their skill, but it doesn't mean they're going to play skillfully. Okay, and I want to say that again. I can improve their skill, but it doesn't mean that they're going to play skillfully in a game or in competition. And so that's why I say I think it's good for us to have a mixture of both. Um, so, you know, the player that is doing stationary ball handling for 10 minutes and he's not moving, there's nobody guarding him, he's not necessarily going to be able to carry that over into a game. Now, if you're a coach, let's say you have a player and you do just isolation drill work, and let's say you're meeting with him on Monday, but every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, he's playing basketball somewhere and he's trying to use those things that you're working on with him, then that would be different. But if you have a player that has come to you on Monday and they're not really playing basketball anywhere else, then those skills typically that, that they are learning in practice with you is not going to carry over to a game. So you have to find ways to try to simulate or try to put them in situations where they can apply those isolated skills in a game situation. So uh, you may do stationary ball handling and then put them into some one-on-one uh, ball handling drills. Um, you may have a player that's coming off of a screen and cutting to the elbow, catching and shooting to where now it's going to be a one-on-one setting to where there's a defender that's chasing him and trying to contest his shot. So those are just some things that you can kind of do to mix it up to be able to where that player now is in the situation to where when he's in the game, he's coming off that screen. He's like, okay, I've been in this situation before. I've done this before. Coaches prepared me. I'm prepared. So I can catch this ball at the elbow, raise up and shoot, even though this defender is running at me versus they're doing that for the first time really in a game situation. So those are my tips. Um, I appreciate everybody uh, coaching, but, you know, I got something I want to ask of y'all coaches and parents and players that's listening. I really want y'all to share this this podcast, tell as many people as possible. Um, you know, I just, I want to try to share the game as much as, as much as possible. You know, I've been doing this for 17 years and I just really feel that it's a time now where, you know, you have to really want to give back and share with, with other people. So if, if I said anything on this podcast and today's episode that you think is worthy to share, Please share it. Please let your inner circle know. And however it is that you need to do it, whether it's through social media, whether you pick up the phone and call them, whether you send them an email or whatever it is, um, let them know. Um, And I'm going to tell y'all real quick how you can get in contact with me through social media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, My my handle is at NBNBball. 
That's at NBNBball for Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. I have a fan page. It's NBN Basketball on Facebook. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Snapchat. I don't do a whole lot on Snapchat, but I am on LinkedIn and Snapchat. It's Coach TJ Jones. Find me there. Um, and, you know, this podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we also have some other uh, podcasts platforms out there that you can find us on so be sure to uh, connect with us there now if you're on apple Podcasts, what i need you to do is give me a five-star rating uh and a review make sure you subscribe to any of those platforms that i mentioned i will really 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 appreciate it um now i'm going to start doing a little more uh consulting i've had some some people reach out and ask me some different things And I definitely don't mind giving back. So if you have any question about uh, skill development, working with a player, or even if you want to start basketball training, um, or if you have an organization that that is doing skill development, but you want something that is, um, if you want something that's that's a little more organized, you want something down, you want to, you know, you you want to put something together. Uh, reach out to me and I can definitely help you with that. Um, the best way to reach me in, in that sense is through email. And, uh, my email is coachtj at nbnbball. Coachtj nbnbball. Uh, be sure to reach out to me and um, I can I can definitely help you with that. And again, one more time about my book. I will have a book coming out. It's actually one of three books that I will have. Excuse me. The first book is going to be on all three books are going to be on skill development. The first one is is kind of like an intro, but it's going to have some really good information in there on skill development. The second book uh, will be more for individuals. So if you're a player and you're doing training by yourself or possibly if you're a parent or if you're a coach, they do a lot of one on one type training. That would be the book for you. But then if you also have a team or organization, then volume three will be for you. Um, volume three is, is going to be talking about skill development more for teams and groups, more bigger groups. So that is what I have. Again, I appreciate y'all. Um, again, if you have anything, don't be afraid to reach out to me and let me know. Um, and I will be more than happy to help you out. So until next week, I appreciate y'all. God bless.